0: TII item 434, July 16th, 2017, iOS 11, beta 3, iOS 10.3.3, beta 6.
1: Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey,
2: Oh
1: yeah beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand, and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who
0: I am. This episode is sponsored by Bowl & Branch. Go right now to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to get $50 off the nicest sheets and cotton products you've ever owned. Today's episode is brought to you by Wonder Capital. Create an account for free at wondercapital.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Steve for sending in the artwork for today's show. Steve wrote the following. Hey, Rob, shot last night at the mall by my house. I confirmed that the store only carries the black and white versions of the Beats X headphones. Glad I ordered my gray set last Friday. And I'll call into the show once they arrive next week. Thanks. Keep up the great show. Regards, Steve from Metro Detroit. And that this was sent in back in February. Thanks, Steve, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Steve's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 434 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS and also at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. Steve's artwork, picture I should say, really, continues to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of TII on the iPhone. Please, when taking a photo of yourself in front of your local Apple store, if at all possible, take a square picture as I have to turn them square for iTunes. And put the Apple store location on the photo, like Steve did, thank you Steve, along with the TI or Today in iOS Branding. And thanks to the many of you that have already sent in photos, I will be getting to the ones that have been sent in. And if you have one that you haven't sent in, you'd like to send that to todayinios at gmail.com. And if you have some music you've created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to the same email address and make sure to include which app or apps you used to create said music. All right, let's get into the news. Apple keeps churning out new betas of iOS 10.3.3 with beta 6 being released on July 5th. Yes, yes. You know the drill. Optimization and bug fixes are all that is new with the 6th beta. I think the bigger news is that they keep releasing betas for this double dot update. And they I don't know why they're not calling Goldmaster. Apple on July 6th then released tvOS 10.2.2 beta 5. Another double dot beta update. And that was the 5th beta there. Again, just bug fixes and optimizations and the curious head scratch on why it's taking so long to release the Double Dot update as Goldmaster. Hopefully by the time there is episode 435, we will have the Goldmaster. I think it could be this week. We will see. Off to the email bag we go. Hi Rob, dumb question. Now that I've restored notifications from your iOS app, I show five notifications next to your app, but I have no idea how to clear that or what I'm getting notified on. I've gone through all eight categories in the left column, and I don't see anything. What's the secret? Regards, DB. Folks, if you have the TI app, and you should, and you see the red circle on the icon uh, with a number in it, and you want to remove that, so the next time a new episode comes out, then you'll see the circle come back with just the number one. Here is how you clear out the red circle now. Go to the TI app, open it up, go to Settings, scroll down to mark episodes then tap apply that will clear out the red circle on the icon for the TII app or any other podcaster app that is hosting with libsyn so there's thousands of different podcasters using that so WTF at Mark Marin or macOS can if you want to get rid of that that's how you do that and i'm happy to announce a new version of the app version 2.4 which really is like the 25th version of or at least the 25th version that was just released for the TI app. So in the last two weeks, this came out, since the last episode. And what is new with this version? Well, to start, it is a cleaner UI and has nice animations when on a specific episode, when you're in the episode and you want to see the show notes, you just swipe up and it shrinks down the episode artwork and it moves the options icons and up and then it shows the show notes, making it even easier to go to the articles I mentioned when this episode is playing. And most important, or the biggest change overall that happened in the latest update, is you can now comment on an episode right from inside the app. If you do not see the comment icon for the episode, um, go to Settings, scroll down, and tap on Enable Full Refresh. Then go back to the main list of episodes and pull down, and you'll see that it's updating the episodes. Then you can go into an episode, and you can tap on the Comments icon button. And to read the comments, or more importantly, leave comments. Let me know your thoughts on the new version of the app or your thoughts on iOS 11 beta 3 in the comments section for episode 434 in the TI app. And as I've mentioned now twice in this episode, iOS 11 beta 3 for devs, also known as iOS 11 public beta 2, because you know Apple just wants to mess with podcasters like me when we have to report this. So going forward, I am just going to say the beta version. For the devs. So, starting over, iOS 11 Beta 3 was released this past week, and well, it is making things more and more stable. I got two thumbs up from my sons, as Beta 2 was causing them lots of crashes when they were in Minecraft and other apps, and Beta 3 seems to be much more stable, especially also with YouTube, uh, at least on the iPhone 5S and iPhone 6 Plus and that I have it running on. I have it on the iPad Pro 12.9 inch, but less time spent on that, so I can't tell you if it's crashed more or less because I haven't spent enough time with it. One of the notable changes for Beta 3 versus an earlier Beta is when on the iPad, before, if you wanted to force quit apps, you had to double tap uh, to get to the control screen and then tap on the app, long tap on the app that you wanted to force quit, then get uh, a little X to appear in the upper left corner and then tap on it. Ugh, it was a pain. In Beta 3, they went back to just swiping up method to force closing apps, as it should have been all along. Apple also added a bunch of new TV providers, but still not Google Fiber. Um, Okay, now let's get back into the iOS 11 versus iOS 10 changes. I started this on episode 432 and continue this on episode 433, And on episode 433, we left off in Settings, General Accessibility, with Siri being the next item to look at. This is actually a new section here in Accessibility. The first thing is a toggle for Type to Siri. This is off by default. Then for Voice Feedback, you have three options. And the default one is Always On. You also have Control with a Ring Switch and Hands Free Only. Currently, when you have the ringer switched on or off, and press and ask Siri a question, she verbally responds. With iOS 11, if you select control with ring switch, if the ringer is off, Siri will not verbally respond. It'll just show you the answer on the screen. If you select hands-free only, it will not verbally respond regardless of the ringer switch position and will only verbally respond if you are connected to a Bluetooth device, you have your headphones in, or you're in CarPlay mode. However, she will still verbally respond if you are using Hey Siri mode, regardless of any of those settings. Long of the short, there is a way now to mute Siri, which is nice if you're also using Type to Siri. So you can set up Type to Siri and Then you can just hold down the button and then type in what you want for a response and she'll reply back. And if the ringer is muted, you won't get a verbal mute, which is nice if you're in a library. The next new item is under accessibility. And call audio routing. Um, This is new. And in iOS 11, there is a new option for auto answer calls. In iOS 11, under accessibility, in the hearing section, it was Hearing Devices that has been renamed to MyFi Hearing Aids. Also, the, the item under Hearing Devices in iOS 10, um, Hearing Aid Mode, has been moved out and is on its own in hearing and is called Hearing Aid Compatibility now. One small addition in accessibility, subtitled, and captioning, there is a new option for style. They renamed default to transparent background and added outline text. You can still create new styles to meet your own preferences, but whatever you do, stay away from classic. It just looks bad. And again, this is accessibility, subtitles, and captioning. So this is where you have subtitles and captioning up on videos. And again, do not choose classic. It looks horrible. Last change under accessibility and that is for Accessibility Shortcut. One new option is Smart Invert Colors, which is what is now selected as default. Next up under Settings, we move under Settings General, is the item, which was storage and iCloud usage, but now is either iPhone storage or iPad storage, depending on what type of device you're looking at it from. And when you go here in iOS 11, They give you a nice multicolor chart showing which items are using up your storage. Apps, photos, media, message, and more. similar to what you see when you're on iTunes on the computer. And there is a new section called Recommendations. Like save 6.69 gigabytes with iCloud Photo Library or save 2.84 gigabytes by offloading unused apps automatically when you are low on storage and save 535 megabytes by saving messages on iCloud. So you've got these different sections and it's telling you, if you do this, you'll save this amount. Then below that, it shows all your apps sorted by the total amount of storage that app plus its data is taking up. Of course, Photos was number one. The Podcast app was number two. I don't think either of those were surprised on on my device. Uh, And then Overcast and BossJock came in right behind that. When you tap on the Photo app, Uh, it does then take you to more options, like the ability to empty recently deleted photos, which in the example here would have saved me 515 megabytes on one of my devices. You know, you would not need all these extra items to help you manage storage if you didn't buy a 16 or 32 gig iOS device, just saying. But if you do need the help, Apple has added much more help with recommendations for better managing your storage needs in iOS 11. So kudos, Apple, but still, get the upper level on the devices. If you got 256 or 128 gig, you're going to be fine. Another new option is under General, then Background App Refresh. There is now the option for either Off or Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi and Cellular. In iOS 10, the options were either Off or Wi-Fi and Cellular. There was no Wi-Fi only option. If you are someone with a very limited or expensive data plan, you can now in bulk make it so apps only refresh in the background for Wi-Fi and that will save you data. And if you turn it off completely, it'll save you battery life and data. Under settings, general, and then dictionary, there are two new dictionaries that were added in iOS 11. One evidently came via a request from the White House. The two new languages in the dictionary are Portuguese English and Russian English. You figure out which one the White House asked for. And finally, the last change under General is the addition of the shutdown option. This is the last item listed, and it is right below Reset. So if you have a device where your power button doesn't work well, or you have a case where it's really difficult to push, you can now just shut down your iOS device from under Settings, General, then shut down. Before we continue on with the remaining changes in the settings app, I want to thank again Bolin Branch for sponsoring our show for over two years now. You don't need to spend a fortune to get the rest you need. Great sleep starts with the right sheets, and they're more affordable than you think with Bolin Branch. Right sheets can take your sleep and your style to the next level. With Bolin Branch, you will get the best sheets, which are made from 100% organic cotton, That means not only do the Bowling Branch sheets feel incredible, but they look amazing. We love our Bowling Branch sheets and towels. Science tells us there are five stages of sleep, but before you can enter any of them, you need to be comfortable so you can fall asleep. You need Bowling Branch sheets, the most comfortable sheets you'll ever sleep on. Go to BowlingBranch.com and you'll get $50 off your first set of sheets plus free shipping when you use promo code TII. That's $50 off plus free shipping right now at bowlandbranch.com. Once more, that's bowl B-O-L-L, and branch.com, promo code T-I-I. And since Bowland Branch sells exclusively online, you don't pay that expensive retail markup. That's half the price for twice the quality. And here's the best part. Don't take my word for it. Try them out for yourself 30 nights risk-free. If you don't love them for any reason, they will take them back and refund you without any hassle at all. Bowling Branch wants you and your family to feel good about your sheets inside and out. Rest easy knowing their sheets are ethically made, meaning everyone involved in the creation of their bedding has been treated with respect. These are sheets that feel good and you can feel good about owning. Please go to BowlingBranch.com and use promo code TII to get $50 off your first set of sheets. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Use promo code TII. Now back to the master part of the... Settings app. And if you look at the major category in Settings app, the next major one where there was changes that we didn't go over in episode 432, which, by the way, if you haven't listened to 432, go back to 432, we go over the new sections there. So we're not going to go over the ones we did in 432. Um, But the next one is Touch ID and Passcode. And there are new options on what you can access when locked. Added are Control Center and Return Missed Calls. Next up is the battery section. And if you go to settings, battery, and then to battery life suggestions, this is just on the iPhone, not on the iPad. Previously in iOS 10, it was just auto lock. Nice, guys. Really helpful. Uh, This time in iOS 11, Apple added in a few, well, hopefully helpful suggestions, more than just auto lock. Auto lock is still there. But one of the new ones is Settings brightness, which obviously will help with with battery life. The next is night shift, which I guess will help with battery life. Then is text size and bold text. Huh? How does that help with battery life? And finally, view standard or zoom. Okay, really not following this at Apple, guys. How are those last three helping with battery life? I'm not. I'm not getting it. It's nice that you now have more items for helpful suggestions, but couldn't it be things like turning off location services and other things that actually really help? The general idea was good. The execution, not so much. Next up is privacy, and it is worth mentioning there are some location services you should look at turning off. Go to Privacy, Location Services, scroll down to System Services, and then there are a bunch of location services all turned on by default. I would recommend turning some or many off, like location-based Apple ads as a minimum, plus others that do not apply to your lifestyle, like routing and traffic for my son's iPhones. In the main section for privacy, there is analytics, and there are a few new options there. One is share with app developers, another is improve activity, and the last one, new one, is improve wheelchair mode. All are off by default, If you feel any will help you, turn them on. Next up under Settings is the iTunes and App Store category. There are a few new options. AutoPlay Video, which is off by default, and you can also choose Wi-Fi only or on. In-app Rating and Reviews is finally back, and this one was on a previous beta of iOS 10.x. I can't remember which one it was and then was removed before it went live. Well, it is in iOS 11 Beta 3 at least. By turning this off, you are no longer going to get those annoying pop-up messages by devs asking for ratings and review. Again, Settings, iTunes and App Store, then turn off In-App Ratings and Reviews. It's on by default. And the last new option is offload unused apps and in this under iTunes and App Store category. So the last new option is offload unused apps and it is off by default. Next is the mail category or the the options for mail. Not much changed here. There is a new option called collapse red message is turned on by default. So collapse red messages turned on by default. That is all I could find that's new for mail. But it's not like we use that app much or anything. Moving over to the contact settings, they actually removed items, or, well, an item. The option that was removed was contacts found in apps, where turning off will delete any unconfirmed contact suggestions. That's now gone. Moving on to calendars. Um, They also lost an option. Gone is events found in apps, which again, if you turned off, would delete any unconfirmed event suggestions. Next, we go to the settings for notes. There is a new option called lines and grids, and you can choose your preferred line or grid style for handwriting in new notes. I actually like this option a lot, uh, but I'm a big note user. So again, this one... Line called Lines and Grids, and there's a bunch to choose from. So take a look there. There is now also a new subsection for notes called Lock Screen and Control Center. One option is Show Notes on Lock Screen. You can choose from Last Viewed, which is default, or Always Create New Note or Off. The other option in that subcategory is Require Passcode, and default is 15 minutes, but the other options are always five minutes, one hour, all day, or never. And shorter times are more secure, as Apple points out. This allows you, from the control center on the lock screen, to open the notes up. That's one of the new icons you have a cho- choice for. And, and without actually unlocking your device. Now, I'm not sure why you would need to do that. When a simple touch of the Home button unlocks the device. So I'm not sure why you would want to open the Notes app from the screen when it's locked, but hey, I'm sure someone is happy with this option and there's some use case and I'm just not seeing it. Finally, in Notes, the last new option is for iPad Pros, and that is only draw with Apple Pencil, and is off by default. This is one I had mentioned previously as a recommendation for someone to fix an issue where they were having problems with their pen. But again, uh, that is only in iOS 11, not in iOS 10. And it's only draw with Apple Pencil, and that's only for the iPad Pros. The next main item in Settings is Messages. And the first and only new item is Messages in iCloud, which is off by default. In the Settings for Maps, there are three new items at the top. Allow Maps to Access Siri and Search. Uh, allow it to access notifications and allow it to access cellular data. Siri and search is a subcategory and has two other options. And first is search uh, Siri suggestions turned on by default. The second is find locations in other apps, also turned on by default. Apple says Siri can suggest locations based on your Safari and app usage. Creepy. I guess, or useful. Notifications here is also a subcategory with full options for notifications here. Uh, Cellular data is just an on-off toggle. Next is Safari settings. Uh, Passwords were moved out and are now in accounts and passwords. See episode 432 for more on that. Added in are prevent cross-site tracking and ask websites not to track me. They seem to replace... Simply, Do Not Track, which is in iOS 10. So Do Not Track seems to have been broken out to prevent cross-site tracking and ask websites not to track me. Also in iOS 11 is Camera and Microphone Access. It is an on-off toggle. Then under Advanced Settings for Safari is the very cool-sounding experimental features. Tapping on that gets you a list of 11 items, all with on-off toggles. Like CSS Spring Animations an and is secure content attribute and sub source integrity. And well, they are cool and experimental and likely not to make it to Goldmaster. But I thought I'd bring it up just in case they do. For music settings, there were some changes, but mostly things removed. Gone is the toggle for genius. Also, gone is the toggle for show star ratings. Other than that, no new features. For iBooks, there was the addition of allow iBooks to access and and search and also background app refresh. and search was also added as an option for allow podcast to access in the settings for the podcast app. A couple of things removed from the podcast app include limit episodes and more importantly, custom colors. This was where the podcast app looked at your artwork or the show's artwork that you subscribe to and it changed the background for the list of episodes to match the show artwork. What was added is text for the podcast and privacy, so the whole terms and service and services and terms and conditions for podcasts and privacy, which basically says they will be giving your usage info in aggregate to the producers, and if you want to turn off your usage where, where it's given, then go to settings and turn it off there, there is actually no place yet to turn it off. Uh, There is an option to to reset the identifier. Apple assigns a unique identifier for your data usage that cannot be tracked back to you. But just in case you are still worried, you can reset it at any time, which I'm not sure why you need to reset an identifier that can't be tracked back to you. As mentioned previously, settings for Twitter, Facebook, Flickr, and Vimeo are No longer special items and settings. You have to go to the individual apps to mess around with any of their settings. And that, folks, wraps up our overly detailed multi-part settings app changes from iOS 10 to iOS 11. There are still more changes to talk about with regards to the actual app usage and features in the apps when you're actually in them. But more on that later. Huh? What? Okay, it's later. There is an article on Mac rumors titled, quote, iOS 11 will expand your iPhone's NFC capabilities beyond Apple Pay in several ways, unquote. If you have an iPhone 7, or 7 Plus, that is, and you hold it near an NFC tag, you will get a message that reads, uh, a message that says, read to scan. According to WiseKey, an NFC cybersecurity company, quote, when placed on a bottle of spirit or a bottle of lubricant oil, for instance, and tapped by an NFC phone, the chip is able to securely authenticate and track the bottle like an e-passport does. It offers the same certified security level. It also allows the brand to broadcast personalized messages to the phone holder, detecting whether the bottle has been open or not, unquote. And they talk about how this works in iOS 11 with their tags. What this means is with the release of iOS 11, NFC usage will really take off much more on this on future episodes for sure. Of course, if you are playing around with iOS 11, you're a beta user, a public beta user, dev, or whatever, and you would like to send in some feedback of your thoughts of new features you like, don't tell me bug reports, just tell me new features. Give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. There were some questions about whether or not the 3D touch app switching gesture when you tap and hold on the left edge of the screen, which in iOS is in iOS 10, but not in iOS 11 um, was a bug or if it was gone for good in iOS 11? Well, it seems right now the answer is gone for good. Well, according to Apple quote, please know that this feature was intentionally removed unquote this in response to someone that filed the missing feature as a bug report to Apple. So again, Likely not coming back, and that was where you could just press and hold in the left corner, and then it would uh, with 3D touch, and then you'd be able to switch between apps. Apple also this past week released the third beta of Watch OS 4 to devs. The beta, of course, offers bug fixes and optimizations. No word yet of any new features in the third beta of Watch OS 4. And finally, Apple released the third beta of tvOS 11 this past week as well. From the articles out there, beta 3 seems to be mostly about bug fixes and stability improvements, no new features, which is not surprising as tvOS 11 versus tvOS 10 is really a minor update at best. I mean, it's a single dot update. It's not it shouldn't be a 11 to a 10, but it is and we'll live with it. And maybe 11.1 will be the major tvOS update. Good news if you have an original Apple Watch, which is around the bad news that some original Apple Watch owners have with the back charging disc detaching from the unit. And the good news is Apple is extending the free repairs when you have a detached disc to three years from the date of purchase. If you're like me and purchased it when it was released in the spring of 2015, you'll be covered to the spring of 2018. From Apple, quote, Apple has determined that under certain conditions on some Apple Watch first-generation devices, the back cover may separate from the watch case. Apple will service eligible devices free of charge. Apple will authorize coverage for three years from the date of purchase, unquote, We had a few listeners report having this issue in the past. And if you were mistakenly forced to pay for the repair by Apple, which it sounds like some people may have been, take your receipt to the Apple Store and get a refund. Some uh, report issues with erratic workout results just prior to the disc detachment. So if you start seeing issues with your first-gen Apple Watch, get it to your Apple Store before you reach your third-year anniversary date of purchase which, again, won't be until at the earliest spring of 2018.
2: Hey, Rob, this is Gil from Boston. I called a couple of weeks ago, and you were tired enough to put my call on your podcast about trying to change the picture that shows up in the thumbnail for the albums in the photo app for the iPhone. And I actually finally figured out how to do this myself, and just want to let you know what, what the fix was. It turns out that the picture that shows up in the um, in the album in the album's view, if you've got them set up, is not the oldest, but it's the one that is listed first in that album. And I realized you can actually change the order of the pictures in the album if you actually just go and you you view these pictures that the, the thumbnails in the grid view and then uh, click select and select one, then you can press down on that picture and move it around. So you can change the order of the pictures there. So what I did was took the picture, which was my uh, favorite of my granddaughter, I duplicated it, and then I selected it, moved it all the way up to the very, very beginning of uh drag and watch the icons rearrange themselves or the thumbnails rearrange themselves to the upper left, and that was the first one, and now that is the picture that shows up there. So if I ever want to change it to a more recent one, I can just do the same thing again. So uh, I'd be curious to, to listen to see if uh, anybody else came up with the, the same answer or some other answer as well. But I just want to let you know that that problem has been solved. And thanks again for all your help. Take care. Bye.
0: Yo, thanks for calling back and for your feedback. And per your request at the end, if anyone else had any thoughts on this, well, here is an email we got. Hi, Rob. iOS photos change album thumbnail. Here's how to do it. One, open photos app. Two, open the album that you want to change its album thumbnail. Three, choose the photo you want to become the um, album thumbnail. 4. Choose Add. 5. Choose New Album. 6. Name the new album. 7. Now a new album is created containing only the selected photo, and you are returned automatically to the album you opened in Step 2. Now select all photos from that album by tapping tapping Select All. 10. Tap Add. 11. Select the album that was created in Steps 5 to 7. And 12. Delete the original album. Regards, Fred Z. Well, Thank you, Fred, for that feedback. And speaking of feedback, we also have this one here to a different question. Hi, Rob. Just listened to your podcast and the guy from the UK was asking about 1Password and Safari. He does not need to leave Safari to go to 1Password and then back. He can have 1Password linked to Safari itself. Here's how to do it. One, open Safari and tap the share icon. It's the one with the box with the arrow coming out. Two, swipe left on the bottom row of icons and tap More. Three, tap on 1Password in the list of activities, um, and you want to tap to turn that on. So you'll see 1Password, and you want to tap that toggle to be on. Four, Touch and hold the three lines icon next to 1Password and move it to the top of the list. So this is the one that you tap on when you want to move things around on the list, and then tap Done. From now on, you'll be able to fill passwords and more without even opening the 1Password app. Regards, Greg and Christchurch, New Zealand. Thank you, Greg, for that feedback. Uh, some more on this. Hi, Rob. To use 1Password in Safari, hit the share button at the bottom. Password is available on the bottom row. If not, scroll right and edit. On uh, the subject of voice over not working properly with podcasts, I have found something interesting with Audible and Waves... With voiceover, if I use Apple AirPods, the directions will work correctly. But if I use any other Bluetooth, say Bose, SoundSport, the directions start to play and then go silent. Thanks for the podcast. Regards, Matt in Beaverton. Well, interesting. I'm sure that's purely coincidental and has nothing to do with Apple optimizing things for their own devices. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I've been a 1Password user for a while. Users should not have to leave Safari to enter passwords. The share icon within Safari needs to have 1Password added as a default. Once added, the user can tap the share icon, select 1Password, then select the saved login. The login user and password should populate. The user can select the login button. Hope this helps. Regards, Lamar in Chicago. And then, hi, Rob. Daniel was asking about Apple Keychain, and he wanted to get rid of 1Password to consolidate his passwords. My first comment is that he should think twice about getting rid of 1Password. I have used this application for years, and it is by far one of the best applications on my iPhone, iPad, iMac, and PC at the office. It not only keeps your password safe, it will generate random passwords for you as well, as well as keep track of a myriad of additional personal information in one secure place and it has been using Touch ID since the third-party Touch ID support was first introduced. Okay, that's my plug for 1Password. I am not involved with the company anyway. I am just an average user. Secondly, when Daniel described how he was using 1Password to fill in passwords in Safari or Chrome, it became apparent that he is using it all wrong. That would be a first for Daniel. When in Safari or Chrome, once you are at the website you wish to sign into. Then hit the share button, uh, the box with the arrow, when 1Password should show up at the bottom of the row. Applications, hit the 1Password app, and it will open with a list of logins available to that website. You hit that one, that applies, and it auto-fills your username and passwords. No need to go back to the application and cut and paste passwords. Sorry for the long email, Rob, uh, but I thought it might be very helpful to Daniel and anyone else who may not know this little trick. You, can you tell that I love 1Password? Quintus, or regards Quintus. Well, thank you, Quintus, and everyone else, because there's a lot of 1Password lovers out there, and it sounds like, Daniel, you were just using it wrong. I am sure Daniel will have a very cheeky comeback audio for us for the next episode. We are now over 3,500 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that had a lot of comments that went up since the last episode was from Jonathan Nordic, who, and I'm sure I killed your last name, Jonathan, who said the following, quote, Let's try this again. I just upgraded to the iPhone SE from the iPhone 4. I'm excited about what this new phone can do for me. Anybody out there with friendly advice about what features I should learn first? Unquote. There was a lot of replies, but I'm just going to go over a few. Uh, Francisco Tapia replied, quote, the iPhone SE is a smaller iPhone 6S without the 3D and Gen 1 Touch ID. Uh, so, what are some things you will enjoy? One, Apple Pay. Two, that camera. Better picks await you, including uh, the screen, uh, true tone flash. Um, three, 4K videos. Though, if you don't have 4K output device, <laughs> this is this is overkill, but... 60 frames per second, 1080p video, looks amazing. Four, hands-free Siri. Five, Touch ID, all of the things. Apps like 1Password, LastPass, etc., cetera, make it really easy to manage passwords for Touch login into almost any website. But also, many apps support Touch ID for login accessibility. Those are the top five I can think of, focusing on off the top of my head. Enjoy. I love my iPhone SE. I carry both an iPhone 7 for work and my personal iPhone SE because I prefer its size and battery life, unquote. And Jonathan replied back, quote, Quick question about Siri. I have tried to use her to turn on things like the flashlight and other apps on the phone, but she she says it can't do that. Uh, Are there any apps that she can control, unquote. And Francisco Replied to that reply with this reply, quote, Siri can play music from the Apple Music and the podcast app. You can also pay using Square Cash. And for a car, for ask for a car from Lyft or Uber, you can ask for her to start your Runtastic event. And lastly, for supported messaging apps, you can reply with Siri via the app. Siri, send a Skype response to Jonathan quote-unquote, as an example. And you can ask Siri to show you saved pins in Pinterest to find out more apps that you can check um, the App Store apps under the section that reads, supports Siri. Or you can search the App Store for Siri and the apps that have some support for Siri will show up, unquote. And there are were, again, many other comments in that post as well. Uh, I'll say this, my wife and my father both have iPhone SEs and both love their phones. The big thing with my dad and my wife is they both need a very, very rugged case. They tend to drop their phones all the time. So make sure if you are someone that is not the most genteel with their device, throwing it around all the time, throwing it in a purse, whatever, and you're often on the go, spend a few extra dollars and get a case that has a good-sized lip around the front of the case. And if you're going to be putting it in a purse, get a screen protector as well. Um, make sure the case is durable. Ones that just snap on and are flush with the screen, they're pretty much worthless. I don't recommend those cases at all. You need a case that has a nice lip all the way around. Yes, I'm saying I like big lips, and I cannot lie. All right, since the last episode... There were also dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the TII Google Plus community, which actually a lot more because it was uh, two weeks since the last episode, which is an Android fanboy's free zone and a spammer-free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to ios.com slash community to join in, and thanks to all 3,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing. I want to thank Wonder Capital for sponsoring our show again. Wonder Capital's online investment platform allows you to invest in solar energy projects across the U.S. You can earn up to 8.5% annually by diversifying your portfolio, curbing pollution, and combating global climate change. With the help from individual investors like you, Wonder Capital financed 40 solar projects in 2016, which will offset CO2 emissions from 2.8 million pounds of coal burned in the first year alone. What Wonder Capital does is they finance commercial installations of solar panels. This way, a commercial operation like a data center or a manufacturing plant or an office complex can switch over to solar power and their monthly financed payments winds up being lower than their monthly electric bill was. It's a win-win for all involved, except maybe the local electric company. And Wonder Capital brings the capital needed to make it happen. You can get involved with Wonder Capital by investing as little as $1,000. This is your chance to invest in the future and make money from a company that is helping finance a cleaner future for everyone. Create an account for free at wondercapital.com slash T-I-I. That's W-U-N-D-E-R capital.com slash T-I-I. Wonder Capital, do well and do good. As always, with any investment, past performance is not a guarantee of future performance. Random tip time. This is for the calculator app, and as you know, it is difficult to use a calculator for some reason without typing in the wrong number. I don't know what it is. In iOS, there is an easy way to delete the most recently wrongly typed number. Just swipe left or right on the display for the numbers, and it will delete the last digit typed. And swipe it twice, it'll delete the last two numbers, and so on and so on. So there you go. Simple, easy way to delete the wrongly typed number in the calculator, which happens, I don't know, almost every time I use the calculator. You know who uses calculators a lot? All of Apple's accounting team to add up all the cash they have. And Apple announced that their quarterly conference call to go over April to June and how much Apple cash they added to their coffers, that will be on August 1st at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. This is the first time following Apple that this call to cover the second yearly quarter, has been in August. I don't know why they're pushing it out so long. Usually it was usually around the 20th, 22nd, somewhere around that. But in any case, it will be August 1st this year. We will do a post that evening recapping all that was said on the call, or at least the important pieces, which really, um, this is the one quarterly call that tends to mean the least for Apple. This is their quiet quarter, traditionally. That all said, some Apple analysts in a bid to get people to notice them in this quiet quarter are predicting Apple will have a trillion dollar market cap in the next 12 months. If this sounds familiar, yes. Analysts predicted the same thing a few years ago and then Apple stock dropped. Brian White is the analyst this time trying to get attention by saying, quote, in our view, Apple's quarterly results will be less important this summer as investors are focused on the iPhone 8 this fall along with the company's raised capital distribution initiative, depressed valuation, and new innovations as showcased at WWDC, we still believe Apple remains among the most underappreciated stocks in the world. Similar to the bottoming process in Apple during the summer of 2013 that drove a strong rally into the spring of 2015, we believe the bottom in the stock during the May, May 2016 and that the upcoming iPhone cycle is setting up Apple to reach our $202 price target over the next 12 months, unquote. And that $202 would put it well past the $1 trillion market capitalization point. Again, this next quarterly report will likely do very little to move the stock up and probably not much to move it down. It is the super cycle with the iPhone 8 that most analysts say will be drive, the driving force in really moving Apple stock one way or the other. Per the Super Cycle, one analyst at Deutsche Bank is now saying, hey guys, whoa, 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 time out, time out. It's not going to be as super as the one we saw for the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus that had all that pent-up demand for bigger screens. Also, there is not the carrier subsidies this year that were there back when the 6 and 6 Plus were released. The average uh, Wall Street estimate is 244 million iPhones to be sold in Apple's fiscal year 2018, which starts the end of September of 2017. So... Um, what does Deutsche Bank think's gonna happen? Well, they're estimating two hundred and thirty million iPhones sold, which is just below the two hundred and thirty-one million for fiscal year twenty fifteen that the I the year of the iPhone six and six plus. So I'm not getting this. So you're saying timeout, it's not gonna be close, it's not gonna be as big, and then it's gonna be two hundred and thirty million versus two hundred and thirty-one. Sounds about the same. One thing I'm not gonna cover on this episode, I'll cover it on the next one, is rumors for the next iPhone. There were so many conflicting rumors in the last two weeks that I'm still trying to dig my way through that and give some coherent message about what the rumors are and where the rumor mill is. So that's something I'm going to work on after this episode's done so I'll have a little bit more concise. Otherwise, it would just been all over the place.
1: Hey, Rob. My name is Zach, and I was curious about iOS 11 Public Beta 1. And, of course, I did not listen to not putting it on your main device. And I put it on my iPhone 5S, and it unexpectedly shut off. Nothing would turn it back on, a force reboot, holding the home and power button. And even when I took it into Apple, they said that it's possible that maybe if I could download the iOS 10.3.3 beta, it would overwrite that. But right now, it's stuck on that, and Will not turn back on.
0: Zach, I'm sorry to hear of your issue. Thank you for the warning for listeners. Remember, folks, beta equals bug, beta equals bug. Do not put iOS 11, beta 2, 3, 4, don't put them on your main device yet. It's not ready. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. In episode 432, someone asked about how to find incompatible apps, and I came across the following settings general about applications. Then there is a list under no updates available. Under this, I found apps that have previously caused a warning pop-up saying they are not compatible with future versions of iOS. Hope this helps. Thanks for the show. Cheers. Domenico P. And I am not going to even try your last name, Domenico. And he's from Singapore. And then, hi, Rob. You asked for opinions on iOS 11. I haven't investigated it all yet, but I don't like the way to shut down all apps. It's too much like the old way of tapping a small X I don't have a problem especially on the large iPad Pro but a lot of my friends have a problem in the early days is with this this style I prefer the flick up method regards Chris W in Australia well Chris good news is they changed that in the most recent beta so yes I agree with you that was horrible and evidently other people did and Apple listened and made the change back to you in my back Hi Rob, I love your podcast and it has helped me so many times. I want to express my sincere thanks to you and to ask some questions so I can avoid some mistakes. I'm a voiceover user and started my iOS journey with a fifth generation iPod Touch. I made a great mistake when I updated the firmware to iOS 8 and the iPod became completely unusable. I now have a 6S Plus iPhone and have many worries about iOS 11. I have a number of 32-bit apps that I spent a lot of money for and are very voiceover friendly and very useful, but have been abandoned by the developer as I guess they don't make much money. I'm sad that Apple can't make backwards compatibility, but what can you do? Maybe I should buy a 6th gen iPod and just keep those apps active on one device. Is there a chance upgrading 6S Plus to iOS 11 will make my iPhone useless like my iPod experience? Also, if I upgrade to iOS 11, do I have to uninstall all the 32-bit apps first? What happens to them if you don't remove them? As much as I've invested in many expensive uh, specialty blindness apps, I don't know what I do when my 6S Plus dies of old age, I cease. I, I so much need a headphone jack. All those 80 to $300 apps add up, wow, uh, to some serious money. And add in useless iPod Touch that is now a $400 brick, and I'm sure it makes financial sense to stick with app. I'm not sure it makes financial st- uh, sense to stick with Apple in the future. Thanks for your advice. Regards, Greg and Pennsylvania. Ow, 80 to $300 apps. That is expensive for apps. Yes, obviously you want them to continue to work. Greg, my recommendation is pretty simple to you. Don't upgrade it. Not at this time, not for a while. Here's what happens when you have an iOS 11 device and you try to tap on one of those apps that it's now telling you an iOS 10 uh, doesn't have an upgrade available. Um, again, if you go back to uh, what we just mentioned earlier from Domenico, if you go to settings general about applications and you see the ones that say no updates available, here's what happens to those apps when you tap on them. You get a message. It says, well, in this case, the app is Othello. It says, Othello needs to be updated. Developer needs uh, of this app needs to update it, it to work with iOS 11. You can either tap learn more or OK. If you tap OK, it just brings you back to the screen and you tap on it again. If you click learn more, then it takes you over to another place. In other words, while the message may say, these apps may slow down your iPhone and will not work with iOS 11 if they are not updated, if no update is available, contact the app developer for more information. Kind of makes it sound like, well, slowing it down's okay. I can live with slowing it down. But they don't even let you open the apps. So what it should really say is, these apps are aren't going to open in iOS 11, and you are SOL. So contact the dev. See you later. Have a nice day. That's really what the message is right now. So if you have a bunch of apps that you spent a lot of money on, I would be contacting the app developers. It's not going to do any good to contact Apple, so you have to go to the app developers, and do not upgrade your device at this point in time if you need those apps, uh, and definitely don't be upgrading to beta. Um, but when iOS 11 comes out, if you need those 32-bit apps, those apps that when again you go back to settings, general, about, applications in iOS 10, and you see no updates available, if you need any of those apps for your day-to-day work, do not. When iOS 11 comes out, upgrade. Wait, wait, wait. Tyrone,
1: California, love your show. Just have a quick question. Uh, the newest update for Apple TV, it made it so that the TV will switch over, because I, I have a Sony Brevia, so it's not a smart TV, but it, it's uh, got some connections to the HDMI, so it allows us to know that the Apple TV is on and to the inputs. Work worked perfectly forever, up until the, the most recent update, which I never do, and I somehow... Clicked on the remote before the TV was on, and the first option was update now, and it got me. I've avoided it for so long, but it got me this time. But anyway, now when I uh, turn the Apple TV on, it'll, it'll proc like it's going to switch over, switch for a quick second, and go back to the other input. It's kind of annoying. I wonder if anybody else is having this problem or knows I'm going to fix for it. Now well, that's it. Thank you again. Have a great day.
0: Tyrell, sorry to hear about your issue there. If anyone has had this problem and has a solution for Tyrell, please give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hey, Rob, let me start off by saying thank you for everything you do. I wanted to take a risk, and I had an iPhone 7 Plus from launch up until a few months ago, and decided to get the Samsung Galaxy S8 Plus because I like the features. And I figured if I didn't like it, no big deal. I'll have it for a few months and then I'll get the iPhone 8. Let me tell you, that was a mistake. Wow. I missed the iOS ecosystem. I could not hold off until I cannot hold off until the iPhone 8. I saw that Samsung was reselling the Note 7FE, which I considered the fire edition. Anyway, never again. Love the show, AJ. Folks, I've warned you before. Don't do it. Don't be enticed by the dark side. Stay over here on the light side of the force. Hey Rob, I am vision impaired from birth and wondering if there is a way to screen share from the iPad Air to a TV without Apple TV+. Plus. Is there a way to tell if there is uh, a way to tell if the iOS backup is faulty also? Uh, Are there any cool apps for vision impaired with speech enabled to speak words for email and notes? Regards, John Petrie, Sydney, Australia. Well, John... For getting your screen share from your iPad Air to your TV, you can get a physical connector and you can get uh, an adapter go right out to the HDMI. So that's that would be what I would recommend if you don't have an Apple TV, get an, uh, an adapter and HDMI cable. For being able to tell if an iOS app or backup is faulty, I'm, I'm not aware of an easy way to tell other than testing. So backup, backup often. And are there any cool apps for vision impaired with speech enabled to speak words for email and notes? I'm going to throw that one out to the audience, folks. Let us know your favorite, e- uh, your favorite apps for what John is looking for. Give us a call. You know the number. You know the email. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I currently own a 5S and use it extensively in the car as a GPS and to play podcasts and answer calls, hands-free, of course. My car is old, simple enough that the only way I have to get the sounds to play via the car speaker is an aux cable. Because of that, uh, there is a cradle that that sits there with a 12-volt socket so as to provide charging. If I connect uh, the included aux, I also get a large answer play button and microphone in addition To the ability to use a speaker of the car, as I believe my phone wouldn't be wouldn't get updated to iOS 11, or at least don't get the full amount of features in the update. I have planned to upgrade to a new iPhone this fall, when the next ones are announced. That said, with the headphone jack on, I will not be able to use my current uh, cradle. It's also uh, too small for anything large in the 5S. I have been looking for a cradle that would provide the same features as my current one, but fit a larger iPhone without the headphone jack. Seems to be a triple alternative than buying a new car. Sadly, I haven't found anything that fits my demands. Do you, your listeners, know? You know, I'm going to stop you right here, right here. Um, before you even ask this, um, Hampus, and this is from Hampus, and he has a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, iPhone SE, same size, has a headphone jack. Get the iPhone SE. If that's what your concerns are, now I'll say this. The iPhone 5S does upgrade fine to iOS 11. My son's running it. It's okay. So if your concerns are to get rid of the iPhone 5S because you're afraid it's not going to work with iPhone 11, that fear should be put aside. If you like the smaller size and you want the smaller size and you can't put the fear aside, then upgrade to the iPhone SE. So the iPhone SE will work fine with iOS 11 And it has the headphone jack and it's a smaller size. So, right there, Ampus, for your application, that's what you want to do. Hi, Rob. Ask Siri, one trillion to the 10th power, regards Aaron. Okay, Aaron, we'll do that. What is one trillion to the 10th power? Let me have a look. The answer is one zero 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 I gotta make you understand. Never gonna give you up. I'm never gonna let you down. Never gonna run around. Never gonna desert you. Thanks again to Wonder Capital for sponsoring this episode. This is your chance to invest in the future and make money from a company that's helping finance a cleaner future for everyone. Create an account for free at that's Wonder Capital slash T I I. That's W-U-N-D-E-R com slash T I I Wonder Capital. Do well and do good. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at today in iOS at gmail.com. The feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant about something else, an app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it is iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for music that you've created on an iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. Uh, Don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And a quick reminder, if you're an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Thanks again to Bowl & Branch for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to get $50 off the nicest sheets and cotton products you have ever owned with free shipping to boot. Finally, check out the very, very newly updated TI app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover-friendly, of course. And per this latest update... As I mentioned earlier, it has to do with being able to now leave comments for an episode right from inside the TI app. And those comments sync back to the website, today iOS.com. But please, leave a comment in the TI app. Let me know what you think of iOS 11 or the new TI app. Really appreciate it. Go right now and download the TI app, and you'll get push notification when the new episodes come out. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different.